You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. song from the University of Alabama. Welcome into Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. My name is Ryan Fowler. We will be with you for the next hours. We talk a lot of Crimson Tide football. We're going to work in so many different things uh, into this conversation. We're going to get you ready for the Alabama-Miami game. We've got audio from both head coaches, a lot of different conversations happening. Mark Houston, 1992 national champion winning fullback at the University of Alabama. We're going to talk with uh, him as we welcome him into the conversation. Uh, does mornings beginning at 6 a.m. here on Tide 100.9. Hey, Martin Houston, I hope all is well. Welcome in to Alabama tradition. I am glad to be in, Ryan, and all is well on this side of the glass. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got to get into a com- couple different things. Uh, you do mornings uh, beginning at 6 a.m., and there's, uh, you know, so many different things that we can talk about, so many different things that we can break down. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about a lot of the different things with Alabama. But uh, you did not have a chance to react uh, to Mac Jones being named the starting quarterback in Miami because uh, that news was not out. I'd love to get your reaction. Well, remember our conversation yesterday? And my specific question was, Yes. did Cam's time away leave the door open for Mac Jones to snatch that starter's job away. Uh, And I felt like it did, but we were at lunch with a a Patriots fan, and he made a good point. He he said that he didn't think that Mac would be the starter right out of the gate, but that he would get past the Tom Brady uh, scenario. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might be that even more so – that makes Belichick because both of those guys are on a mission to prove that they are the one, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, like Tom Brady last year was dead set on winning a Super Bowl, so that he would no longer have to be connected at the hip of he was great because of Belichick. And that's the only reason he was great. Belichick now wants to prove that he can win without Tom Brady. And uh, if he wants to go on any type of run, then guess what? This kind of begins that journey uh, as well. So uh, I'm not surprised at all uh, by it. Uh, And I think there's a lot of teams going, oh, we may have missed missed on this one, Uh, especially the 49ers. All right. When you look at being a teammate – there's a lot of challenges. Uh, there's a lot of valleys. Uh, Jacob and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, when we look at, you know, Cam Newton showed him class by guiding him, okay? Because it would be easier to go the other way and not be a good teammate. Uh, but you think about the NFL, you walk into that position, you, you have a guy that at least played last year as a starting quarterback. Uh, 
somewhat established, and here comes the rookie. You know he wants to take your job. Uh, not that you experienced some of that, uh, you know, in, in the in the football league with with your uh, stint there at the Pittsburgh Steelers. But can you describe? I mean, you, you almost take your hat off to a guy like that. I mean, you, you know that the well, guy I, wants your job. Actually, I did. Um, you know, uh, Merle Hodge was the starting fullback. Uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the guy that I probably had the closest relationship with at the Pittsburgh Steelers was Merle Hodge. Um, and when I came to Alabama, the guy who uh, was my uh, the way world the world sees it, arch enemy was Kevin Turner, uh, and my best friend from my days at Alabama was Kevin Turner. Uh, now, quarterback is a little different, Ryan in the sense that, you know, if one guy wins it, for the most part, the second guy isn't going to get to play. Where at fullback, um, even if I wasn't the first guy, I was going to get some reps, and I knew that. But I think uh, in the pros, the reason you see guys take the approach is Cam Newton. Think about if Cam Newton had been pouting this whole time. Think about if Cam Newton had shown um, prima donna uh, tendencies. Think if he had shown, I deserve this, uh, and then he gets cut anyway. Um, what do you think would be his chances of getting picked up by another team? What he showed, and I think is why he lands potentially in a good place with maybe one of these teams with a younger quarterback, is because he showed, hey, I'm a vet. I understand where I'm at in the league. Um, and even though I may be competing, I understand uh, team comes first and uh, I'll be an asset to your team even if I'm not the starter. Because that's what he showed. That's what he demoed. He knew that the right was on the wall regardless of whether it was this season, halfway through or first game or last game, that he was helping coach his uh, or mentor his replacement. He knew that. And so I think it actually it brings value, Ryan, to um, – That's a great way to, to look at it. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, he – I mean, if you're, an, if you're a, an NFL team and you watch Ty Cam Newton handle that, remember Cam's reputation three years – two years ago was negative. Not, not, not a guy you wanted around necessarily. And he showed a different attitude this year – that he could be a part of the process and not a distraction, even when he was fighting for his job. It's a great way to look at it. Jacob, you, you're welcome to jump in here, man, if you have anything, because uh, I know we were we were talking about this earlier, and I thought we had a good conversation. Uh, that's Jacob Harrison, which is the producer of this program. Jump in if you're, you're, you're more than welcome to if, you, uh, if you'd like. I mean, I'm surprised. I, I really am kind of surprised that, that Mac was able to win the job and actually win the job with it, because what I had been saying all offseason was, Mac would totally win the job and still have to wait until at least after that Tom Brady game because so much perception can be made out of that game unjustifiably. Uh, you know, Mac could go in there and throw for 210 yards and a touchdown in a losing effort against Tom Brady's 404 touchdowns, and automatically Mac Jones is painted into a, a, a closet and into a, a, a corner where, uh, you know, there's this perception that he's not going to be able to live up to Tom Brady, and that's who he's compared to. So I'm a little bit shocked that that's the situation. Uh, and with Cam Newton, I don't know if – I honestly don't know if he'll be able to sign with a team this year, but I agree with Martin. 
you know, it, it's it's fun and it's easy and, and it's understandable to pick at Cam Newton for obvious reasons with the Iron Bowl, you know, relationships. But at the same time, I think he's done a lot to help improve his image so that he can continue his NFL career. Yeah, and, and to your point, uh, Jacob, uh, that's what the gentleman we were speaking with yesterday said about that Tampa Bay game. Because it's not just Tom Brady coming in town. It's the Tom Brady, the starting quarterback on the defending world champion, Super Bowl champion, and the best defense in the league <laughs> that everybody agreed to come back. And And that's why I say – is this move as much about um, Mac Jones as I mean about Bill Belichick <laughs> as it is about Mac Jones? Um, because th- he didn't even he didn't even give himself a safety net. You see what I'm saying? Like like this is not a safety net move. Like we're gonna try this guy, and if he doesn't work out, we'll pull him back a little bit, put our veteran back in there. Because now they go to Stidham, right? Yeah, Brian I mean, Hoyer got it. cut. Yeah. Uh, Hoyer, oh, so that Hoyer, so that cut Brian I mean, Hoyer yeah, too? Yeah, instead of has been out all training camp. So, so, so all right, I mean, but then I'm, they've got to have something up their sleeve, right? This I mean, is an all, but it's an all-in move with you know, <laughs> with wow. the season right around the corner. So, uh, I, I do find it funny though to, that an Alabama guy beat out two Auburn guys. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. Beat Auburn I, again. At, hey, and in the backfield, the Alabama guy beat out a Georgia guy. Ran him slap out of town, too. So, Damien Harris beat out Sonny Michel? Yeah, Sonny Michel got traded to the Rams. Okay, okay. See, uh, I... <laughs> hey, it, uh, it is that quarterback. That's the key, Ryan. You understand, Alabama fans, you were what? I was nine years old the last time an Alabama guy was, like, the quarterback for a team uh, without extenuating circumstances, like one of the Rutledge guys, right? Uh, yeah, but it's been, yeah, it's it's Jeff Rutledge. He spent about 16, 15, 16 years in the pros. He was a really long time backup, uh, great quarterback yeah. at Alabama, but really, uh, but he but was he not? Is he not like the last one that was like like we've had guys okay, start a, a, until AJ McCarron uh, played against Pittsburgh, but when I'm he saying, was at since no 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 that this was the gap between AJ. And Jeff Rutledge. Brody Royal started games. Well, no, I'm talking about a playoff game. Uh, okay. Yeah, so a playoff game. We had never had a quarterback that from Jeff Rutledge back whenever that was uh, all the way to A.J. McCarron, that big of a gap. Well, but here's my point. A.J. And, and Brody, it was never their team. Like, they were the second guy. Somebody got hurt, and they started. And now we have three guys <laughs> they were all here at the same time, <laughs> playing and competing against each other. Tell me, competition doesn't make you better. <laughs> so, well, and, and Mark, inter- interesting. I want to play um, Butch Jones's audio at, at some point. It, it, J- Jacob, I'm throwing him a curveball. I, I want you to listen to Butch Jones, it, and and I think Jacob's ready to play this. Martin, listen to this. Th- this is Butch Jones, who was an offensive analyst, and listen the way. Are you sitting down? Because, I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to have I, a reaction because you can help us understand that player-coach relationship. Listen to Butch Jones describing Mac Jones. He checks a lot of boxes, uh, the Arkansas State head coach that was an analyst here in Tuscaloosa. Incredible. 
Uh, I just texted him this morning. Uh, just really, really, really proud of that young man. Um, and I think it's a great illustration to everyone in the country. Here's a young man who I believe didn't play for three years. And he could have easily transferred. He could have easily left. Um, and, you know, had a sour disposition, you know, um, and he is the most unselfish individual I've ever seen and as hard of a worker and diligent as I've ever been around. And he just stayed positive, stayed positive, stayed positive. But also, it's one thing to wait your turn. But when your turn, turn comes, what do you do with that opportunity? And that young man, boy, I tell you, he made the most of his opportunity. And when he got that, you know, he, he took full advantage of it. But that didn't come by chance and, and, and just by luck. He earned that right by his, his work every single day behind the scenes. And I think if you asked him, he'd tell you he's stronger for going through those three years. Now you look at him. First round draft choice, what he's doing in New England. So he's one of my favorite players I've ever been around, and he deserves everything he, he gets because he's kind of a self-made man. You know, and even going into the year that he started, you know, we had signed Bryce Young, who was the number one player in the country. Did he let that get him down? Did that change his disposition? Absolutely not. Was he a great teammate in supporting Bryce? Absolutely. So, again, those are all great illustrations. I wish there are more success stories of individuals who stay with it and have the resolve and the resiliency to continue to work than individuals who leave programs looking for the next easy course of action, the path of least resistance. And Mac Jones is a great illustration of that. So to answer your question, I love him. That is Chris mm -hmm. Hudkinson, K-A-I-T sports director out in Arkansas. Martin, I want you to react to that. Well, I mean, he, he said everything that needs to be said. Uh, you know, I, I said on my show uh, this morning, I was talking to someone else, uh, in some conversation today about this, I said, let me tell you, Mac Jones, when he committed to Alabama, told me everything I needed to know about him. I mean, he was committed, an SEC quarterback headed to Kentucky where he probably would have rewritten the re record books and been starting day one. But when Alabama came after him, he was like, okay, they want me. I know that Jalen Hurts was the SEC player of the year. I know a Tua Tungvaloa is the highest-rated quarterback Alabama's ever signed. And all world, I'm coming there to compete. Wow. I mean, it is. I mean, his confidence, uh, and I guess, you know, you've got to have that uh, to, to get it. I think we may have lost Martin there for just a second, but uh, – Looks like you froze on my side, too. So, I tell you what, why don't we break here? Because that was perfect. Uh, not perfect that we lost him, but uh, we'll break here, and then we'll reconnect with Martin, and we'll continue that. Because I thought what he was laying out, when you look at uh, everything that he went through, he believed in himself, and it'll take that type of confidence uh, to get to the next level. Martin, I think we lost you there, but I think we're back there. Uh, finish your, your thought. I think we lost you there for well, just a second. I, I don't know where I was at in that, but when he committed to come and considering the situation that he committed to, and then he stuck it out. Um, him committing told me everything you need to know about his character. And he proved that that character was legit and that he was real. And, um, and, and like I said, it made him better. That competition made 
him better, not bitter. And that's what I know we talk about Jalen sticking it out. Jalen's circumstance worked out really kind of uh, amazing. And you can't really duplicate that, that Tua would get hurt. Because uh, if Tua doesn't get hurt, we don't see Jalen Hurts that year. Mac Jones went out, paid the price, spent three years behind those guys, then welcomed the new guy, the new kid on the block, won the job and kept him from beating him out, but yet helped him and poured into him, and then went on to go to the next level and show that it wasn't fake. Did you see what he did? Uh, did you hear about what he did at the um, the camp with the – The fight? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you see what he did, though? Yeah, went and ran with the offensive lineman. And, and, and the guy said, well, he wasn't responsible and he didn't have to do it. I said, but that's what makes him special. He understands that the reason those two offensive linemen were fighting was probably protecting him. So, so he was the reason they were fighting. And so he ran with them. Do you not do, – do, I guarantee those guys went back to Coach – uh, Belichick and said, this guy is the guy we can win with. Well, Let's I mean, go to war. But, but think about that. I mean, sometimes it's the belief in you're the guy. Not just that you're the guy, but you got to get at the other 10 guys to believe that you're the guy. And not just that. I mean, we heard it all last season that he was not just the leader for the offense, that all the defensive guys looked to him and they would go to him when they didn't understand something and say, explain this. And that he yeah. would he would take and he would break it down and say, this is the responsibility. This is what you should be doing. Uh, I mean, listen, you right. got highly intelligent guy, a uh, guy who knows Mandarin Chinese, uh, which I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it, uh, but it just sounds hard. Yeah, and think about what, what we heard every summer when we waited on a quarterback. He should transfer. Get out of here. Leave no, him. no, no. I'm oh. saying about, about who was going to be the guy. What was the deciding criteria that Nick Saban always looked for even when one guy was outperforming the other? When he won the team. Yep. The team. And I believe that when Mac Jones took that lap around the field with his teammates and they were being punished, that that pushed him over the top. And Belichick, I, I would not be surprised if Saban didn't get that same mindset from, from Belichick in the early days of the quarterback has to be the guy who wins the team can't be just talented on the field has to win the team. And Mac Jones has done that. And man, I'm excited for him and looking forward to him having a great career. You know, let me invite you to connect with us. Uh, we, we stream this show, uh, for one on tide 100.9. That's the main signal, the FM side, but we're also on the app tide, uh, 100.9 download that you'll be able to listen to all of our shows, you know, our entire lineup here that starts mornings at uh, with Martin Houston at 6 a.m., uh, but also Alabama Crimson Tide football. We have streaming rights there. We also stream this particular show on Martin's uh, Facebook account, Periscope account. I know I've retweeted it. Uh, so if you, you, you want to go see some uh, great radio faces, uh, you, can, <laughs> you can go see that. And, uh, and don't hey, forget Alabama Tradition. There's an Alabama Tradition Facebook page, and we go live on there as well. And, so. and, and, let me, and they, can, they can chat there and comment there if they want. If they don't want to call, but they want to chat, they can go to the Alabama Tradition and, you know, 
uh, chat and ask questions there, and we can incorporate that into the show as well. Absolutely. And if you want to jump in, you're, you're more than welcome at 205-342-9904. But one other thing uh, is the way that the algorithm works on Facebook, and, and really in the last six, seven months, they've changed a lot of this. And you say, well, why do I only see the same people on Facebook? Well, because somehow they are able to recognize that you have a connection. Either you've liked a previous post. So if you see something at Martin Post or Tide or myself or anybody else, uh, hit that like button. Man, we really appreciate it. Put us a roll tide in the comment, even if you don't have anything to say, because uh, it builds that connection uh, with Alabama content. We all put out a lot of Alabama content on our social network. So if you get a chance, uh, like something, hit it. Uh, roll Tide, you don't have to say anything really uh, that well, but uh, you can welcome and jump in, and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question that you and I have been talking about with Mac Jones. Do you feel like that Bryce Young has been able to do this? Because Nick Saban continues to give a boost of confidence. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. One. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are there are there are four days until Alabama football. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. tradition the past present and future the alabama crimson tide when you look at bryce young and you look at mac jones and and you look at the two quarterbacks believing uh that they're the guy when you look at this alabama football team um bryce young uh seems to have have gained a lot of confidence from his coach every time he's asked about him uh he continues to to compliment him in a lot of different ways when you listen to bryce young uh talk uh we, we've had a chance to talk with him twice uh once yesterday and then once a couple of days ago when you look back at his first media appearance, uh, has Bryce Young done enough uh, to build that same confidence that we were just talking about with Mac Jones? I think he has, and I think you're, you'll see that uh, pay off on Saturday afternoon. Uh, when you look at Bryce Young, has he been able to do the same thing? Martin Houston. Absolutely. I think Bryce has, without a doubt, uh, won this team over, and um, I – I wonder sometimes does it mean that there's an extreme gap between the two, uh, first and second team, 
or is it that this young man, uh, Ryan, just clearly established himself um, as the clear-cut leader? In other words, could we win with Paul Tyson or Jalen Miro? Or uh, are we in desperate times if Bryce goes down? That's a question I'm not sure I know the answer to. But when we saw Bryce Young meet the media, he he checked every box. He and he's checked every box uh, in the spring and in the summer. Uh, we didn't get to see a lot of what he could do uh, this fall, uh, this past fall. But I think without a shadow of a doubt, he has won this team. Martin, as we look at this Miami game, certainly a lot of people want to talk about that 92 team, and I want to give you that opportunity as we we travel uh, throughout this show because uh, so many people go back to this Miami 1993 game, Sugar Bowl game, but it was 92 season. Alabama, great national championship. That's the last two times these two teams have played. Also, I want to ask you, what do you think will be different about this team? What do you think the average fan – now? You know, for you guys who played the game, y'all got to be able to analyze it uh, from a different perspective. You'll be able to see things that uh, most of us will not be able to see. But when you look at Bill O'Brien stepping in as the new OC, do you think we'll be able to identify a difference uh, from last year to going into this year with Bryce Young and uh, all these new pieces uh, of the puzzle? Well, I mean, with the way things worked out, Ryan, I'm not going to be surprised if we don't look a lot like what we did. You know, to me, Bryce Young is kind of Tua, Jalen, and Mac all in one. I mean, if you were to say he kind of has some of the athletic, his legs kind of match Jalen's, you would say his passing and accuracy uh, and and diversity of skill set, just his – arm talent matches Tua, right? And then from what I've heard, he's also a very smart, uh, intelligent quarterback that will take whatever the defense gives him. And I think that's what makes Max Jones, Mac Jones so special. Mac Jones didn't care if he threw the ball to Najee, to the tight end, or to a wide receiver streaking down the field. He was going to take whatever the defense gives him. And as your friend A.J. McCarron always said, they can't take away everything, and if you find a quarterback that's willing to take whatever they're giving you, then that quarterback can be successful. And so I think Bryce does all of those things. So, Ryan, um, and, and of course, offensive linemen, when we were coming along, 92, as you say, Ryan, we came out, they came ready to be what? Run blockers. These young guys that haven't started, what are they most likely to be better at? Probably pass blocking. Yeah, because they have all these seven-on-seven camps and drills and all that stuff and these, you know, lineman camps, and they're always pass rushing, I mean, pass blocking. And so don't be surprised if Alabama doesn't come out, even though traditionally when you have a new quarterback and a young quarterback uh, and a, a offensive new offensive line, you go to the run. I think we may see the opposite uh, with this group. We may pass the ball as much or more than we did last year and with the weapons we got, you could see some explosive plays early on for this team. Well, you know, we were talking to a coach yesterday uh, who's also a media member now, but he was a part of the USC uh, dynasty out with Pete Carroll. He coached with Sark and Kiffin, and uh, he made a comment. And he said, I said, well, what, how would you break a quarterback in? 
And he said, well, there's, there's a couple different ways you can do it. He said, but the other way is what you just said. Uh, he said, hey, get some wide receivers, uh, go the go route, find one of those to get connected, and, and build the momentum off of that. He said, you know, you, you think of other ways. He said, but trust me, uh, and I think the way that – and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but he said sometimes it can go the other way because a quarterback's smart enough to know what you're doing as well. So he said, come out and say, hey, I believe in you. Uh, throw the football down the field. And he said – that gives him a big boost of confidence if you're able to connect with some of those. Ryan, w- would you say over or under, Bryce Young has thrown more passes than um, most guys have thrown that make it all the way to the, their first year of the NFL? Would you say he's already thrown that many passes in his young oh, life? Probably so, yeah. Right? I would say so. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, so think about think about the coaching these guys get at the high school level, and then they get all the camps on top of that, um, and and now he's going into his second year here, where he's had a spring. Uh, this is his second spring, right? Um, even though he's a, just you know going, typically he'd be in his first year, but this is his second spring. His second summer. I mean, and 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 was he one of those that got a few reps even at the end of the season? I know Jalen did. I couldn't remember if he did. So he's he, he's as ready to pass as as the quarterbacks who were starting, you know, the third, fourth year guys that were starting in Alabama history in the past. He's already thrown more passes uh, than they did, and he hadn't started a game. Going to be a lot of fun to see exactly what this team will look like. Uh, let's break here, and I want to I want to let you uh, think about this for a couple of minutes. Uh, I want you to take me back uh, to that '92 game. I know you tell me all types of stories about you know leading into that '92 game, and uh, it's just a it's a lot of fun because we have spent probably more time in the last couple of weeks talking about that game because it's the last time these two historic programs have played one another, and uh, it seems to be a Maybe a different uh, perspective on this, but we'll talk more about that. Seems like Alabama's the 19-and-a-half, uh, 20-point favorite, according to the experts in the desert, and that line has traveled up uh, even in the last couple of hours. So I don't remember 92. I, do you remember what the, the underdog was? I mean, were we were we that big of an underdog? I don't think we were that big, but we probably were close. We, we definitely were not anywhere. Uh, you were not accidentally going to find us as the favorite on any books. <laughs> the only person who believed, Corky Simpson, Tucson, Corky Arizona. Simpson. I called him Sparky the other day. But... Oh, you did? Well, now, hold yeah. on. Is it? it... It's, it's Corky. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm, I was, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, yeah I was, was going to stand corrected. Arkansas. So... Arkansas. He was our grand marshal of the parade. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. I can remember. Only guy that stuck with us. <laughs> and he believed. And, and Coach Stalling. And he, didn't jump on the, he didn't jump on the bandwagon in, you know, at the end. He had believed in us kind of throughout the year. We'll continue with more. We're going to dive into this conversation. We're going to talk about that Alabama-Miami game as you listen to Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hot! It's you having fun! Have some fun, man! Talking Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Right, so we welcome you right back into Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're talking a little Alabama Crimson Tide football, final 22 minutes of the show. Uh, but before we go back to, to Martin and, and myself of talking Alabama and Miami, uh, Jacob, can, can you give us the list of all the guys that have been cut? Because it seems to be uh, growing a little bit. I know you guys are working on it, Tide109.com. Uh, this is Unfortunately, it's cut day for Alabama. There's been some pretty big names of guys that have been cut for Alabama. But uh, can you kind of update us? Because it's a, a lengthy, not lengthy, but I think it's up to about 12, 13 guys right now. Yeah, well, 14. And, 14. and 14 would be more than most colleges put together right. against Alabama. So it kind of is what it is. But a lot of these guys will go back to practice squads. Uh, but you got Tony Brown with the Bengals, Cole Mazza, the long snapper with the Chargers, Ross Piercebacher. Uh, interior offensive lineman with the Eagles, Christian Miller, outside linebacker for the Panthers, HaHa Clinton Dix, who had just signed with the Niners, he's let go. Uh, Carl Tucker with the Dolphins, Miller Forrestal with the Titans, he's fully expected to go back on their practice squad. As is Garrick Dieter, uh, the wide receiver with the Chiefs, he's been with on their practice squad for a few years now. Shaheem Carter with the Texans, Lester Cotton with the Raiders, Jared Maiden also with the 49ers, and uh, Damian Square with the Saints. Uh, he had just signed with them a few days ago after getting cut by the Browns. And Alabama Pro Update said that he may not have ever actually gotten a chance to practice with them because of the hurricane. Uh, so interesting decision there. And then the two big surprises of the day, uh, J.K. Scott getting cut by the Packers and Ryan Anderson, despite not counting against the 53 for the New York Giants uh, due to his six-game suspension, he has also been cut. Any reaction there, Martin? J.K. Scott? J.K. Scott got cut today. Yep, Epic Green Bay. They they traded for a punter, uh, Corey Barakowicz or something like that, but they, they traded for a punter. I don't think that J.K. will stay on the sideline very long. That would no. be a uh, my first thought. Um, and it may, it may work out for him because he can get away from that cold weather. That's what I was going to say. He may end up uh, being in a better situation. Um but no, not not necessarily surprised on any of those uh, guys. Um, it, it's just crazy to think, Ryan, that 15 years ago, or we didn't even have a guy drafted, or 14 years ago, we didn't have a guy drafted, uh, and only had a handful in the league. Period. And now we're talking here, and we have to go through a. We have to take a whole segment just to name the guys who got cut. I, I, I think at one point, Ryan, Nick Saban could have added 10 more players uh, and and he would have had an entire full opening camp roster of players. Wasn't it 80-something players in the league? It was, yeah. On the rosters? I mean, think about, that for, think about that for a second. 80-something players. So right now, how many have been cut? So right now, 14 guys that have been cut that are affiliated Total. with it. Yeah, that were right. Alabama. But some of these guys, as, as Jacob said, will be go back to practice right. squad. So, but my point behind that, Ryan, is he still has a team and a half of roster. Like, full roster, practice squad, and then another practice squad. And that's not counting the guys that got well, cut. And, and half like, of these guys are going to be – half of those guys you named are going to end up somewhere else when some other guy gets cut. Well, let me, let me add this to it. That's not counting the cuts that happened last week. So you had Robert Foster 
Well, Damien Square was cut thin. So what the numbers, it but, may be approaching. Right, yeah, but right, 16 to 20, somewhere yeah, in that yeah, range. Yeah, something like that. So you still got almost 60 guys. You also got to remember that you got some guys on injured reserve as well. Yeah, but there's it, a lot of guys on injured reserve. So, but, but about four guys last week, plus Bo Scarbo in the first week. Uh, yeah, you're about you're about 20 guys, and Alabama is still far and away better than uh, than even uh, Ohio State, who's second behind them for the most active players. They've still got four more players on three more teams, uh, but it's still six more players that are actually on contract. So, uh, you know, talking about you know the injured reserve thing, so many guys is on injured reserves throws it off. Is this the final cut? This is final cut. This is final cut. So, so you're going to opening day roster. Uh, you'll almost have – I mean, you'll have more – I mean, as Martin was talking about, more than a roster. And, <laughs> good heavens, wow. Uh, well, yeah, that's why we, That's why he is the greatest recruiter in the land. He walks in and says, son, there's a real good chance if you do what you're supposed to do, <laughs> you'll have a chance to play at the next level. Well, and, and <laughs> there was a – I'm going to see if I could find this image. Oh, yeah, yeah, here it is. Uh, Field Yates put up. Uh, the 2000 Alabama football roster. Okay, this is 2018 uh, here. Three future NFL starting quarterbacks, Tua, uh, Hertz, and Mack. Two first-round running backs with Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris plus Damian Harris uh, there. Four future first-rounders with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, uh, Devontae Smith and four other future first-round picks in Jedrick Wills, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Patrick Sertain, and Quinton Williams. So, not too bad. Not too bad. Wow. Not bad at all. Martin, let's go back to New Orleans. Uh, and speaking of New Orleans, man, what the uh, devastation there. Hopefully uh, those guys are able to recover at, at, you know, at a very fast pace. They're our SEC brethren and seeing what those guys uh, went through uh, certainly uh, thinking about all those. I've been texting with people that are affiliated with our show and trying to check in with those guys down in Louisiana. And uh, uh, But I take you to New Orleans of 92. You guys were preparing to, to go play a championship on the first day of, of January of 93. And uh, is there something that stands above the rest? I mean, there's probably a million different memories of that national championship, but is there something that stale, you know, stands above the rest, any memory that – uh, is is higher than the rest? Well, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of great memories, but Ryan, I rem- remember just the surreal nature of man. We're playing for a national title, you know. Um, you know, think about being a kid growing up in the state of Alabama. Uh, whether you're an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan, you you knew Auburn didn't what, play for many championships, but yeah, but you knew what Alabama. You knew you still knew what Alabama stood for, and at some point in your life, uh, even though I was an Auburn fan late in my career, I had been an Alabama fan as a kid, um, you know, if I was a fan of any sport, any team. But then, then to be there, to, to, to have walked the halls, think about walking the halls that Coach Bryant walked, playing on the field that Bart Starr and, uh, you know, Cornelius Bennett and Joe Namath and all of being in that same locker room and, and in in that locker room with those guys and and just and you're carrying on the tradition and the fact that people were beginning to wonder and question would Alabama ever get back there would Alabama ever be that program again Ryan would Alabama ever be national champions again 
And to, to be on that day before when you're thinking about it and you're sitting in your room and you, you, you know, you're hearing people talk about Alabama doesn't have a chance. And I'm like, man, we're playing for a national championship. <laughs> we're playing. So we have a chance. You have to get to the game to have a chance. And we had watched so much film, we knew we could beat those guys. Uh, but I think it was a surreal nature of if we do this, Ryan, we, 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 we go down in history, you know, the first post-Bryant team. Who knew that we would be the only, you know, the bridge team between the greatest two coaches in college football? Uh, we had no way of knowing that at that time. But um, I think that was probably the overall. And then just the funness, Ryan, of that game. And finally getting out there and 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 watching. Uh, of course, I was the guy that watched the defense play. Uh, it was. I was talking to Coach Copeland the other day, who I coach with over at Northridge, and he said, he said, man, I was watching some some of that '92 stuff. He said, man, you were a beast. I said, oh, you were one of those guys that didn't really watch the game. He said, yeah. So, but I watched them play, man, and they were, and when they went. One of the greatest memories, and, and I'll ask you and Jacob the same thing. If Jacob Jacob wasn't old enough, never mind. Yeah, um, J- Jacob was not even born. Yeah, uh, never mind. In, in but 92. Ryan, do you remember? Do, are you old enough to remember your reaction or any adults' reaction when we came up and all eleven guys were on the on the line of scrimmage? I okay, so I'm 14 years of age. I I don't remember it, but I've went back and watched it enough that that it recalled uh, that memory, and and I've heard. Uh, Gino Toretta describe it, uh, and I'll let you describe it, it from a player's perspective. Every, well, everybody always say, well, what were y'all thinking? I said, same thing you were thinking. <laughs> they never showed that to us at practice. So I had never seen it. If any, if anybody on offense had seen it, um, then, you know, I don't remember them ever doing anything like that. And when they did it, I'm like, oh, my God. They just walked – we're you talking about testing somebody and calling their bluff. They were known. They were like, we got to do fastest wide receivers. Called their bluff flat out, lined up everybody. We, you know, they call it zero coverage when you don't have a safety run. We didn't have a safety, a linebacker, a corner. We had everybody. I mean, we had one solid line. Uh, and that memory was pretty awesome. And, of course, same thing with the George T. I could go through several others, but George T. we watched that play the same way, you know, the fans did. Oh, my God, he's going to score. Oh, my God, he's going to catch him. He's going to catch him. Yeah. He caught him. He caught him. Man, he caught him. Oh, my God, he has the ball. He has the ball. <laughs> so we went through the whole thing. So same, same emotion uh, because we were fans of each other, and that's what I think made that team – so special, Ryan. We were kind of the 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 seniors were kind of the that Bill Curry team that first full class he had ever recruited, and everybody dogged us and told us we were the worst class that Alabama had ever signed. So we kind of had a chip on our shoulder, and 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 it all panned out that night uh, down in New Orleans. Well, and somebody just told us that we were an eight point underdog. Uh, that Miami was the eight point favorite in that game. We were asking that question earlier. Uh, because Alabama's now a 19-and-a-half. But I'll, I'll tell you my side of the version of the story, uh, and I can almost tell you the same. The, the version's the same from the Florida side. My dad made me an Alabama fan. I mean, he I had no choice. I mean, trust me, if I'd have put the blue and orange on, it would have been 
uh, I'd have been <laughs> sleeping out in the barn. But uh, my dad always put boots on when he would watch Alabama. Uh, and and, and he, he would always have the – and it was so loud. And uh, watching that game, I can still remember the location of where I was sitting and watching my dad prancing through the house with these cowboy boots on because it was just so loud when he would he would stump. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and when, when Langham did it at Legion field or, or, uh, when, when George, I mean, it just, I, I can, I can see my dad prancing through because, you know, he had lived through the seventies. And as you said, reestablishing, uh, that Alabama tradition of, of winning, uh, my heavens, man, it, it was what a, what a, what a moment, what, what a moment in time. And I, I, I noticed something you said right there because coach Stallings, I think had instilled, uh, in, I'm curious when you look at it, is that where that confidence came? Not only going up against you guys in practice, but uh, I mean, he he said he told you guys all the time that that you know that you should believe in yourself. That he he had the confidence that uh, that you guys could take down Miami, and and as you said, very few people did. Yeah, you know the team had really banded together, and um, we watched a lot of film on that team. And Ryan, you know sometimes. It's especially so in like baseball and basketball, and a lot of times in football, um, the team with the most overall talent is going to win um, nine times out of ten um, because they have all the talent in all the right places. From a pure talent standpoint, Miami that was one of the most talented teams I ever played against. But what we did best, our strength lined up perfect against their style defense, okay? The style defense they ran, every time we faced that defense, we would just annihilate it. Our strength, our defense versus their offense. So, you know, where they were strong, we were strong. And where they were weak in their run game, I mean, we watched film, man. We saw Penn State, Florida State. Arizona, we saw them lose games instead of Miami winning the game. And we were like, if we get rid of those mistakes, I think Florida State fumbled inside the 10 two or three times. I think Penn State fumbled inside the 10 in the red zone a couple times. And so, uh, and then Arizona, which we thought was good, they, they missed a the field goal to win it. So we knew we could beat that team. And when we jumped on them early, in the physicality in which we played, it was like, oh, my God, what do we do with this? They're not going to stop. Uh, I think last they had like 125 yards rushing in the first half. Uh, and Jay Barker, not not dogging Jay, but a, a young kid came up to me today, Ryan, and said, is it true that Jay Barker had 18 yards passing and y'all won a national championship? I said, hmm, yeah. Didn't man. have to. I said, I said that's true. We 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 ran the ball at will, and and for this kid who he's like twenty something years old, he, he you can see it. You can see like his brain going, huh? How, how do you how do you get a beat a team with you know? So well, I was without throwing the ball. I, I was talking to Billy Jackson uh, from Phoenix City, running back back in the seventies uh, over the weekend at this Wishbone Boys. He told me the same thing. He said, you know, he said if we found a play that was successful, we didn't change it. Uh, until they stopped it, he said, we would run it seven, eight, nine times in a row. And he said, until they showed that they could stop it, we would keep pounding uh, the football. 
Uh, Martin, we're going to get out of here in about a minute and 30 seconds. Uh, okay. give, give me a prediction. You got a prediction? Uh, you, got... Uh, you know, I don't usually get my prediction to Friday. I have to okay. mull okay. on All a right. little So that's a tease to connect with Martin every morning at 6 a.m. Yep, and I'm get, giving some swag away if they want to call and you know give a prediction in the morning, giving away a cap and mug, Martin Houston Show cap and mug. But you know the uh, the the I will say this: I think that Alabama uh, wins this game by uh, at least three scores um, because I think offense is going to be surprisingly better early than we thought, and I really think this defense. Um, is going to be something that all of us old old hands will be like, oh yeah, real football. <laughs> I like forty two fourteen. I'm gonna. I, I think Alabama's yeah. gonna win the game very very comfortably uh, when you look at it. So I'm gonna take there. Uh, we're gonna get out of here, but we're gonna go out with a Will Anderson. He said the old school R and B is what he listens to before he goes out uh, to the to the game. So we're going old school a little bit. Uh, Back to the 90s is what Will Anderson said. 90s R&B gets him fired up to go sack the quarterback. So uh, that's Will Anderson. Got about nine seconds. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler uh, saying good night from Tuscaloosa. Alabama tradition, the past, present, future, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and breezy this afternoon. The chance of a few lingering showers, the high 79. For tonight, mostly cloudy with a low at 67. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with a chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa.